0: you are listening to the health without limits podcast a place where we chat all about sustainable and enjoyable practices in your fitness nutrition and overall health as a certified personal trainer nutrition coach anti-diet fitness loving girl mom i'm hoping to give you some practical tips while also creating a community for us to lean on and support one another we'll also have some pretty great guests on here too Whether you're looking for mom advice, new workouts to try, or ways to get started with intuitive eating, this is the place for you. And just to keep it real, you'll be hearing dogs barking, babies grunting, and lots of sarcasm here because, well, that's life. So let's get going. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Health Without Limits podcast. It has been a minute. So I'm going to have done a little pre-recording and letting you guys know what I've been up to, but... I am having a guest on today's episode, so I wanted to go ahead and introduce her, jump right into it. We've got fingers crossed right now. I've got soap strapped to the front of me because Keith and I did really bad planning and did not communicate that we both had something going on at this time. So it's all good. We're going to hope for the best. But today I have Allie Landry on the podcast and her Instagram handle, which I'll put in the show notes, is Make Life Peachy. Allie is a virtual dietitian that's focused on helping find freedom around food and confidence in your body. I love talking about food freedom. I love linking that up with exercise. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation between us today where Allie really talks us through what is food freedom and why we wanna strive for it. And then what to do if we're really kind of far away from that food freedom and have a lot of restriction in our diet and where she starts with her clients. So I really think this is gonna be a good lesson for you guys in helping you find some sustainable ways in your diet to find that freedom, to keep going without restriction, but also to feel confident with your body now and not feel like you have to constantly tweak it or change it or use food as a punishment. So before I go on and on forever, here's Allie. So hey Allie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm glad that we could have you on. I'm so excited to be here. So I did just a very short introduction to you, but why don't you tell us more just about you and what you do and how you got into this field? Yes, so I
1: am Allie Landry. I'm a non-diet dietitian from Houston, just moved to San Antonio, Texas. I have a virtual or online private practice. Um, So I've always loved health, fitness, nutrition. I was really into it in high school, Um, but I didn't even know being a dietitian was actually a job or a career until my sophomore year of college. Um, my story is kind of side. My mom was diagnosed with cancer and I met her clinical dietitian and I just fell in love with this dietitian. She was so knowledgeable. She really cared about her patients. And the next week I went and changed my major to nutrition to pursue becoming a dietitian. Um, you know, I'll say that a lot of my education was diet culture based, a lot of learning about calorie counting and education on BMI and weight loss and things, And so I would say my passion for nutrition and exercise quickly turned into kind of like an obsession with being healthy, calorie counting, things like that, which, you know, we know being obsessed with healthy isn't the healthiest thing. And I started to develop just disordered eating habits, which unfortunately are very normalized in today's culture. So like counting every calorie, really under eating, leading to binging on the weekends, over exercising, and just not really finding any kind of balance. And towards the end of my college career and during my dietetic internship is when I started to hear about this thing called intuitive eating and food freedom. And so for me, it really, it really changed my life. And so it was scary at first to like delete my calorie counting apps and to really like let go and learn how to trust my body. But I was able to combine my nutrition knowledge and love of science with learning how to listen to my body and to trust it. And so this came with less stress, less food guilt, less anxiety around social events, and my personal transformation and how this changed my life is what made me want to help others do the same. And so that's kind of how Make Life Peachy was born, um, just really wanting to help other women stop dieting, let go of the food rules, find food freedom, so they can live their life fully and presently and live their healthiest
0: life. That's such a cool story of like how you were able to get into this field, and I think you're personal experience really lends itself to yeah helping your clients too because they've seen that you've been through it before you know it's funny you you brought up that it was scary to delete you know your tracking app and I totally relate to that I went through kind of the same thing like five years ago where I deleted the app and I found, I still actually knew the macros of a lot of the foods that I was eating. So I would like still calculate it in my head. And it was this whole cycle of like trying to break myself away from those numbers and and get away from that. Um, It definitely
1: slowly goes away. (laughs) It does.
0: It does. It's just like, I found at least for me that it's like a battle. Like you have to tell yourself no every single day and then it eventually gets easier.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, so it goes away, but at first those thoughts, you kind of have them memorized.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you talked a little bit now and a lot on your page about food freedom and then intuitive eating you also talked about. So what is food freedom and why are you, you know, such an advocate for it for yourself and for your clients?
1: So I define food freedom as Having feeling in control over what you eat and really not letting food or food rules control you. When you have these rigid diet rules, eating becomes very stressful. And when we try to control what we eat, it really creates urgency around these foods. It makes them really exciting because you feel like you can't have them and we want what we can't have. And so this is why I say self-control is bold because the more we try to control what we eat, the more out of control you end up feeling around food. And so food freedom really is just feeling in control over what you eat. When you allow yourself that unconditional permission to eat while being attuned to your body's needs, wants, and cues, you know, you take the excitement away from food and you get the opportunity to ask yourself, what do I want? If I can have the chocolate, whatever I want, do I even want it right now? And you really don't have to settle. Um, so, you know, you're eating tasting and enjoying the food rather than eating it just because it's there or because you shouldn't have it or because you're already here in your day and you're in script mode. So food freedom is you just being in control. Um, I would say I'm a huge advocate for it because it works it changed my life, so not only my personal transformation, but what I've seen with my clients. You know, I spent years in diet culture and there's so much time and energy lost from counting every calorie and being consumed with food and body thoughts, instead of just like living my life. And so, you know, I heard something that stuck with me the other day, every moment is a once in a lifetime moment. And I really believe life is just too short to be stuck in the diet mentality or Constantly feeling not good enough, wishing your body was different. And so I'm a huge advocate for it. From what I've seen in my work and my personal transformation. But, you know, also it's, it is evidence-based. And so there's a growing body of evidence that's supportive of intuitive eating and the benefits. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but, you know, the benefits include like increased well-being and self-esteem, increased intake of fruits and vegetables increased body trust, lower risk of eating disorders, improved blood sugar and cholesterol. And so, you know, as a dietitian, I really believe in evidence-based work and intuitive eating and food freedom, it really is evidence-based. And then when you consider all the harm that we've learned dieting causes and focusing on weight causes like weight discrimination, increased risk of eating disorders, Lowered self-esteem, less body trust, lower metabolism, preoccupation with food, weight cycling, all of these these things, it feels unethical for me to really promote anything else.
0: And it's, you know, it's interesting because I think our society for so long has kind of told us the opposite. So like when, when we hear, you know, yeah, you can have, you know, whatever food in the house and not feel like you're going to lose control with it people are like, what, how is that even possible? Like, I don't have the control. And that's kind of ingrained in our heads because we've learned, you know, the good foods and the bad foods and and all that. And, you know, I really liked, you had shared, I think yesterday, a client story where they were talking about, um, you know, having Mexican food leftovers in their fridge and realizing that they actually didn't really want them. It's not what sounded good. They wanted, you know, the fruits or the veggies or the oatmeal and, I think that in our society today, we have it so ingrained in us that we don't have control over food and we don't realize that, you know, we actually do.
1: Yes. Yeah. We're all born intuitive eaters, you know, Um, we just, I think diet culture in our society, Kind of tells us that we can't trust our body. And that's why we need a diet and we need to, and I'm mean gonna fast and control when we're eating and what we're eating because our bodies can't be trusted. And that's just not true. So when that client first came to me, she totally did not believe me when I was like, Yeah, I mean, like one day you'll have control. You mm-hmm. won't feel like the Mexican food is controlling you. Or we were talking about like Chick fil mac and cheese and stuff and all of these foods that used mm-hmm. to, you know, have control over her she now has control over it. they sit in her fridge they last a long time she was talking about um one of her friends just got back from hawaii and brought her some like chocolate covered macadamia and um she said normally i would eat them all really quickly because i need to get them out of the house you know they're really exciting yada she said she had two and left them on the counter for her family which normally she would have you know wanted to keep them to herself and hide them not share them and and now she really can just feel free around these foods. They no longer have that control over her.
0: Yeah, and that's, and then it's not too, like it's not an all encompassing part of your day. It's just a routine part of your day. So when you have like a client like that, or I'm sure you have many clients that come to you kind of with that scenario where, you know, they feel like they're restrictive. They feel like they don't have the control and they want to get into that feeling of food freedom and intuitive eating where do you start? Because I would imagine for them that that's probably something that seems overwhelming and impossible.
1: Yeah, so it can be very individualized. Um, I think it's really important to meet the client where they're at and take the next baby step that's right for them. And usually what is the first step is going to be just rejecting diet culture. So first, becoming aware of what are your food rules, what are your your thoughts around food, your beliefs around food, learning, you know, where did these come from? How have they served you? How have they not? Are they true? And, you know, can we challenge them? Can we reframe them? What can we replace these with? And so recognizing your own thoughts, rules, fears, and beliefs around food, and then learning how to catch those thoughts, become really self-aware and challenge them with logic, truth, and facts. And so, you know, it might be helpful to make a list of your own food rules and start to debunk them one by one. So one thing that I hear often a food fear is carbohydrates. You know, like I, I need to avoid carbohydrates. I shouldn't have carbs with this meal. It would be healthier for me to not to. And so can we challenge that with some truth and logic of I need carbohydrates daily for energy throughout the day to balance my blood sugar, you know, it's, it's okay for me to eat carbohydrates i'm allowed to eat carbohydrates and just start to challenge those thoughts um maybe maybe it's buying a fear food you know if there's a specific food that you feel comfortable starting with and buying and keeping it in your house or even going out to eat to try that food just starting to challenge these fears and challenge these thoughts is usually a good starting point it's really just becoming more aware of your thoughts and roles without judging yourself challenging them so that we can take action that's aligned with your values and where you want to go.
0: I like that. I like the idea of kind of writing it all down and then debunking it because it just puts it right in front of you where you kind of realize like, oh yeah, that really doesn't make sense. That really isn't true. So when you have a client then, like if they came to you and they were somebody that's always tracked macros or something like that, do you typically, when you start with them continue the tracking? Or do you jump right into an intuitive eating approach? How do you typically approach that? So
1: I really, I really think it's meeting the client where they're at. But I have never had a client where we did continue with the macro counting or anything like that. Usually by the time a client comes to me, they know dieting doesn't work and they want to move away from it. It just might you really scary. Um, something that a lot of my clients might be scared to do is the scale. And so that is a really good example of meeting them where they're at. So of course, I don't promote use of scales. I don't have my clients weigh themselves. I don't track their weight. Um, But you know, it might be really scary for some of them to stop weighing themselves and get rid of the scale. So, So meeting them where they're at. Can you not weigh yourself? Can you weigh yourself less? So if you're weighing yourself like eight times Per day, can we get that down? Can we get down to one time a week? Can we start to challenge thoughts around the scale? You know, a really easy question to ask yourself before stepping on that would be Is this helpful or harmful? Um, you know, why do I feel like I need to weigh myself? What is this going to do for me? And just starting to slowly move away from it. So if someone came to me and really couldn't let go of the macro counting or calorie counting, we would do just the same thing, just slowly stepping away from it meeting them where they're at. If they're ready to cut it off completely, then I'm all about it. Let's go, let's cut it off completely. But if they're not, baby steps. Yeah.
0: Gosh, and it's crazy like hearing you talk about this, you really realize how much our society has, you know, really put a negative pressure on us as far as like we are obsessed with the scale or we do think that there are these food groups that are bad and if we eat them, they make us bad. And, you know, it's just crazy to reflect even on this conversation so far of how much society puts an emphasis on food and how we let it determine like our self-worth. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's just, it's crazy. And I'm I'm glad to see that, you know, people like you are taking this approach now of, you know, it's a no-diet approach and giving giving us the control back. Do you find that that seems to be a shift that's happening in your field, or is it still kind of split between, like you said, at the beginning of your education, it was a lot on calories and all that. Is there still that split?
1: I would say there's definitely a movement happening towards, you know, intuitive eating, food freedom, trusting your body, and anti-diet, again, it's it's just evidence-based, and there's more and more research coming out on it. Um, but, you know, also, I probably follow a lot of intuitive eating and food freedom dietitians and healthcare practitioners and things, so I may be a bit biased, but I definitely think there's a shift happening. I do think it splits. Um, I can imagine it's, it can be really confusing when you're learning one thing, and then seeing dietitians do another. But um, I think there's a movement happening. I think that schools and education is going to start to include intuitive eating. And yeah, I think there's definitely a shift happening.
0: And that's a good point too, with the social media, like you said, that that's played, I think, hugely into people's mindsets. And maybe they see somebody doing one thing. So they think that they should start doing that one thing. And Then all of a sudden we realize that we're, you know, kind of down this rabbit hole because of just what somebody showed us on social media. And they might not even be educated like yourself. They might just be, you know, an influencer that has a platform that shared that. Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: I think social media has a huge impact on the way we view our body, how we're eating, what we think about ourselves. I mean, it can be an amazing, amazing platform. It's obviously what my business is built on, um, but it also can be a comparison trap. So, yeah, if you're listening, I highly recommend following more body-positive, freedom intuitive eating people, um, really curating your feed to something that makes you feel good and gives you value when you get on it.
0: Such a good point. And and your feed especially, you share a lot on yours about, you know, not putting your self-worth based off what you ate that day and a lot of those kinds of things. And I think that kind of flooding our feed with those positive thoughts is super helpful in making that shift. Do you find that there's a lot of um, people that kind of connect with what you're sharing or, you know, reach out and say, hey, I do struggle with that too?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. I think everybody feels alone in it and like they're the only one struggling with it but you're not you know I think I think that's statistic is like 89% of American women are unhappy with their skin and you know don't feel good enough and we really live in a culture where shaming your own body and bashing our body it's normalized it's almost weird to say you like your body or you accept your body and you may feel like that's like throwing in the towel and giving up on health. And that's, that's just not true, you know? So yes, I think that a lot of people reach out to me daily saying they can relate and thanking me for what they put out and they they feel alone, but you're not alone in that. No, if you're struggling with those negative thoughts that will want start to catch those thoughts and challenge them. Um, But also, no, you're not alone. There's, I would say most women, most people struggle with some form of
0: body image issues. Yeah. And it's, I think the other side of it, like it is so normalized for us to shame our own bodies, but it's also become normalized in our society to comment on other people's bodies and have that be okay. And yes. I think that plays into it, you know, too. I think just like as a personal aside, I've even noticed it more recently. Cause like I said, I haven't struggled with you know, eating and body image for quite some time, but now that I'm, you know, like six weeks postpartum right now, it's kind of this new territory for me where people felt like during pregnancy and now postpartum, that it was appropriate to comment on my body. You know, if I was the right kind of pregnant and now that I'm postpartum, if I, you know, look great enough postpartum and it's not something I've dealt with for a while. And it's just now that my mindset's in a different place, I just look at it like, wow, why do we think it's okay to talk to people (laughs) about their bodies and and scale if it's, you know, what we would expect it to be? I think that's a huge reason why people are struggling still too.
1: Yeah, and it can be, these comments can be traumatic. I mean, it can really stick with a person. And so really being aware of your own thoughts and the comments you're making towards other people, you're right, it's normalized to, you know, weight loss is like the most amazing thing a person can do and it's it's really not mm-hmm. and then if we're complimenting you know someone's body changes what if we're complimenting like depression or an eating disorder and then when they you know heal and gain weight they stop getting those compliments and it really it's really hard to go from getting those compliments and to go from not it 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 hits your self-worth it's like oh am I not worthy anymore yeah so yeah you're right these comments can be so destructive
0: yeah and it's somebody had given me advice when I was like one week postpartum because that's kind of when I felt the weirdest I guess I would say because it was just like something I was not used to and somebody reached out to me and they said instead of focusing on what your body looks like right now, focus on all that it's done for you and all that it's still doing for you. And that mindset shift was like just what I needed. I sat down and like wrote a list of, oh my gosh, look at what all my body's done recently. Look at what it's continuing to do now. And that has nothing to do with what it looks like. And it was just kind of that like quick shift that I needed that stuck with me kind of all the way through now. Oh
1: my gosh, how amazing is that? Yeah. How how cool would it be if, we as women, when you're pregnant, you know, instead of focusing so much on how it looks and the changes happening, like focus on what your body's doing, like your right. body's growing a human being. That's a, that's a miracle. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think that's something great too, even after pregnancy and just lifelong, if people got that mindset of take the physical aspect out of it and what's it doing for you mentally, you know? being able to what's it doing for you emotionally even too I think that's going to make it more sustainable for people when they are fueling their body with the foods that they need and connecting it to how it makes them feel versus how it makes them look I would imagine it makes it much more sustainable and enjoyable
1: yeah yeah and you know when clients are struggling with um, body appreciation it's it really can be a simple mindset shift to just focus on like what are you grateful for for your body you know like if you're concentrating on like in the mirror I I don't like my stomach I don't like the way it looks well what all does your stomach do for you that you're grateful for it tells you when you're hungry it tells you when you're full it digests your food it houses all your your organs like your stomach's an amazing thing and and even outside of pregnancy our bodies really are miracles like we're breathing we can see we can eat we can taste food you know it's just to start to view your body as a miracle and all it's doing for you, I think I saw something on Instagram the other day that was like, our bodies are like walking around in miracles, keeping us alive, and we're just constantly like, oh, you're gross,
0: you're yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it's so sad. It is. It's so sad, and it's so true that that's what we do. But I'm glad that people like you, and like you said, there seems to be a movement, a shift happening that. Hopefully, just in the same way that we kind of went down this rabbit hole of macro counting and calories and all that. Hopefully, now that this seems to be that movement, that more people will start adapting it, and this kind of becomes that new norm, and it sticks. I hope so. I
1: think so. Um, yeah, as long as diet culture doesn't like steal the words intuitive eating (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) oh gosh yeah that's a good point
1: (laughs) (laughs) something i've seen recently but yeah i mean and if that's happening that means it's working right there's definitely a movement happening
0: right for sure so why don't you share then where people could find you and how they would go about if they wanted to work with you and be a client of yours where would they get started with that
1: of course. So definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm at peachy with underscores between um, the words. So follow me there. If you're interested in learning more about my programs and coaching, check out my website, Uh First step would be applying and setting up a free consultation call to make sure that we're the right fit for each other and that I'm what you're looking for. Yeah. Website, Instagram. Um, I'm also on TikTok and Facebook under Make like PG as well.
0: All right. And I'll make sure to link those two all in the show notes, especially with your Instagram. I would definitely recommend people checking that out. It's it's such a positive thing to see on the feed daily. And you have so many different, you know, ways that you approach kind of combating that diet culture. So I would say that would be a really great way for people to kind of get started in changing that mindset. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think this conversation is going to be helpful for, you know, a lot of people that are kind of in that diet culture mentality and are looking to shift away from it.
1: I I hope so. That's my goal.
0: Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Health Without Limits podcast. You guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too. Don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.